on today's episode of Gathering the Kings. I lived on nothing. I tell people part of my story is I lived on nothing for so long that when I actually had the ability to live on more than nothing, I didn't really need to live on more than nothing. Nor did you want it probably. I didn't really, it didn't really matter. It really became yeah. about a higher purpose, which I'm sure we'll talk more about in a few minutes, but yeah. it's about people. You are listening to Gathering the Kings with Chaz Wolf, featuring fellow seven, eight, and even nine figure business owners who have real battle scars from business and life, but have prevailed as the king that they are designed to be. We welcome high performing entrepreneurs to the stage in order to reveal the real of the real on what it takes to build a successful business today. We dissect the good and bad decisions they've made along the way that give a true and accurate picture of the journey of success and how you too can get there. Through this dialogue, you will learn the value of growing your network and surrounding yourself with power players and kings like today's guest. Grab your pen and notebook because we're about to dive in. What's up, everybody? I'm Chaz Wolf, Gathering the Kings podcast. Today, I've got Roy Wood here on the King stage. My brother, Roy, how we doing? Good, good. Wonderful. Wonderful in I'm Tennessee. Ready for spring. Wonderful Tennessee. That's right. That's right. <clears throat> well, there's, uh, you know, there's some, there's some beautiful places out in Tennessee. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. East Tennessee is beautiful. Southern middle Tennessee is beautiful. I mean, there's beautiful places everywhere in Tennessee. So we call it God's country here. Yeah. You know, I think there's a couple of states that claim that, yeah, that title so. of God's country, you know, I've got some family. The thing is, is, it's my story and I'm sticking to it. So. Exactly. Well, I was going to say, you know, it doesn't, I don't know if, if the one himself has come down and determined which state is his. So I think you can keep on claiming it, brother. Uh, That's right. And, and as far as I'm concerned, Nebraska, although I, I, I love a lot of people in Nebraska, the actual area itself, I can think of Tennessee being way more beautiful. Yeah. Right. Yeah. All right. So is that where you're, is you're in, like, in Nebraska? I'm in Kansas city, but the, okay. I've got, I've got some family in Nebraska and, and the state sign you drive into Nebraska and it says God's country, you know? So yeah, you're right. I guess, I guess to each their own opinion on that. Right. <clears throat> That's right. Roy, tell us what kind of business that you got, brother. Well, I'm in, I'm in the, I would say small construction company. We do kind of mid-sized commercial, do some retail. We have fire and flood damage division. We do residential remodel reconstruction. We're pretty versatile in terms of all the different trades that we do. And that just was sort of an involvement over time of, uh, I guess, just being a good relational contractor and people trusting and saying, Hey, we need you to take care of this. And a lot of large GCs that I started working for from small to mid-sized commercial, you know, 50,000 foot and down and uh, just handling more and more trades and, and super subbing some and. So uh, we're just basically a general construction altogether. Yeah. Yeah. I love that. I love how you gave the depiction there just real quick for the listener. It's not so much that you have all these different trades. Yes, you do, but you're in the relationship business. And when you build a relationship with someone, that person has a lot of different types of needs. And uh, that's different than trying to be everything to all people. So I definitely want to get into that here in a little bit because you definitely honed in on the focus there of the relationship, not necessarily the trade. So I want to get your opinion on some of that in a little bit, but I want to know why, Roy, why are you here? Why are you in business? Why are you still in business after all these super successful years for all these relationships? You're still at it. Why? Well, I think for, for me and, and my story and a little bit of a backdrop to my story is they, they have an old saying that necessity is the mother of all invention. And for me, it was kind of started out as mere survival. My story is not really one that consists of, I had this dream to become some kind of a seven figure entrepreneurial. And I did, certainly didn't dream to get into construction in particular. 
But being a small town, blue collar kid from North Alabama originally, I had a couple of uncles that kind of built their own houses and things like that, and just grew up on a dirt road, barefooted, and, you know, just had to work for everything, hauled hay when I was, a, you know, junior high school. And so you kind of grow up with that blue collar work ethic and kind of yeah. tackling things. But in all reality, I moved to Tennessee about 23 years ago and married my wife and we began to raise a small family and, um. You know, I had some problem areas in my life between the age of 17 and 19 and had a radical intervention in my life and my faith. And wow. that set me on a course, but I, you know, I didn't even finish high school. And I, I say that to be kind of raw and real. I had to self-educate, certainly in the process of life, you, you have an opportunity to become educated. Yeah. And, and so I just evolved and started out really just having to make a living for my family. When I moved to Tennessee, my father-in-law kind of did remodel work. And I certainly look for a job, you know, look for that pathway, but truthfully, my story kind of revolves around ministry. It was the purpose of calling and uh, I always worked hard for my family, but I needed to do so with a flexible schedule. Yeah. I always considered that my family and, and ministry obligations, so to speak, were a big priority and I needed to not just give myself to a career. So to get to how I ended up in construction, you know, I did side jobs. You know, I figured out I could do a little painting, could do a few things. And mm. I began to incorporate. And as I learned a few things, I remember the first time that I, I actually did some work, my wife and I got married in May. And we were broke. You know how it is most of the time, unless you can get somebody. <laughs> and we were going to be going on a little honeymoon a couple of days. But her family did a, a big 4th of July seven-day deal in wow. the Smoky Mountains every year. Okay. And so we said, we're just going to take a little short honeymoon to three days. And then we're going to come back and we're going to go on vacation with the family. Well, I didn't even have the money to go. And I ended up going out and I saw my father-in-law do something and sealing a driveway. I mean, mm -hmm. and I had this 89 blazer <laughs> and I'm like, well, I got money that I, I work on my job to get by, yeah. but I need to make a little extra money to go on this trip. Yeah. And so I went out of the neighborhood and on a Saturday and I just started talking to some people and said, Hey, I can, I can seal your driveway. And, and I was so amazed at the, the one guy, he said, well, what do you charge us? Well, I, I need to educate myself a little bit. He goes, just tell me what you charge. And I looked it over. I had no idea if I was in the stratosphere. <laughs> so he put me on the spot, you know, and I didn't have that. Uh -huh. So I told him $500 and he said, Do it. I was so blown away. I had no idea I was going to make any money. I was so blown away. And before I got out of the neighborhood, I did five. And I remember wow. I ended up clearing like $1,500. And that was a big deal. It was a big confidence booster. And so I knew that I could do at least something on the side. Yeah. And over the years, uh, I had a couple of jobs and I had to go through a couple of job changes. And so I found out that I could sort of bridge the gap and I could make a little bit of side money. And then to fast forward really to the last 10 years, about 10 years ago, I assumed another level of ministry calling. And, uh, and when I did so, I knew I had to give myself to such a degree that I, I couldn't just go work in a factory and be dictated or take on a particular career. One time right. I remember in particular, I went uh, to take a job and I just felt all the time it wasn't the right thing to do, but I was needing financial right. support. You know, I needed some for my family that was, I could just rinse in. Mm -hmm. And I remember thinking the whole time I was offered the job and I ended up turning the job down and I had to be flexible and I started having a back of a pickup truck and I just started doing enough work to get by. So the long story to the short is I needed to survive yeah. and whether standing a deck or pressure washing a house. And oftentimes I'd have to go get a down payment, go buy a small tool just to go do the job to do it. and yeah. it all worked out in the end. 
And I remember some really difficult times, but it evolved over time. And one thing that I was blessed with was people trusted me. Yeah. And that just grew. And then I would even be honest and say, I don't know how to do that. I'm not, that's not my area. And they would say, well, can you get it done? Can you handle it? And I found out that people just wanted somebody to handle it. Yep. And I found out that I could handle things. I could coordinate, I could line things up. And then I learned in the process. And so, and really it wasn't a dream, but as I, as I grew and I really began to dream, I really began to envision that, Hey, if I can do this, you know, I mentor young men and, uh, I'll let you respond to this, but I I mentor young men along the way. And and I'll tell them, you know, I used to think, man, if I could just make $25 an hour, right. Or if I could just make $50 an hour. And I talk to young men now and I can comprehend making $10,000 in an hour. Right. They can't even relate to that. So it's a journey. It's, it's a stair step up to where you believe and you begin to envision and and so on and so forth. So that's really how I got here. Yeah. Well, you've given us so much value already. I want to try to just depict some of this for the listener if they're paying attention. Number one, I just love how it it, gets stemmed from survival. It's just so real. Like most people listening today, myself included, we, we do the things that we do or started doing the things that we do out of necessity. It was, yes, it's who we are because it was always there. You just hadn't maybe stepped into it fully. And it was your external circumstances that pushed you into that situation. Yeah. And, and so, and maybe, maybe you wouldn't have been pushed as hard if you didn't want to be involved with the ministry and absolutely had to have, you know, the, the, the flexibility. Yeah. Absolutely. So you were pressed, right? And so that's what I love about, about everything that you just said is that you were pressed in multiple different circumstances, and then you figured it out along the way. The, the progressional piece that you also gave too around even just the understanding of how much money to make, it made me think about a, a story that I have told a couple of times, but I haven't, I haven't shared it very often. I used to do a ton of sales training. So similar to you, you know, new sales guys would come in. I was the top dog out of a couple thousand in the company and making gobs more, you know, 400 plus, and they're like doing 60, like is a big gap in, in our yeah. sales commissions. And, but I'm the, I'm the, I'm the guy doing some coaching and, and a lot of people even wondered why I did that. And to you, the same thing, I'm sure you just get a bunch of fulfillment from helping those guys. But the reality of it is that I could transfer courage to that individual, just like you just said, they can't comprehend making the 10,000 an hour yet. But when they hear guys like you talk, they begin to think about those things. And so I remember those moments where, you know, I would talk to sales guys and they could just, you know, they were dreaming of the day and make a hundred, 125,000 and. I would always say like, absolutely that, 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 now that reality here is selling this product is possible, but here's what I'm excited for. And they'd be like, what? I'm excited for you to think back one day and go, how did I even live on 125? Yeah. right. And you just watch their mind go like, wait, what? I don't even know what that feels like to have it, let alone to feel that way. And so I just love what you're saying there, as far as being able to not only transfer courage to other people, but even the people listening right now. Yeah. They are thinking about ways for them to be able to grow their business, whether they're doing 10 million or 100 million, or they just got started and they did their first 100,000. It takes another level of courage to believe that you can do it, which is exactly what you were just talking about. And sometimes that takes a little bit of time. Would you agree? Oh, absolutely. I think the, the process, which is honestly one of the things that a lot of people try to avoid, and, and really it's inevitable. Right. There are certain things that a person can achieve, maybe by lesser than strenuous means, but at the same time, somewhere if you're going to really get all in and you're going to make the journey, 
Right. And there's a process that absolutely develops the person, the character of an individual. And if you're really going to grow broad, you know, you can, in sales, yeah, you can go out and one person can really kill it. If you're ever going to have an organization or build a team or grow broad or something that's going to grow beyond your own efforts, that's you're right. going to have to be made as a, and built and processed as a person because it's going to involve other people, right? People that grow networks of teams of people or people who have ex excelled in developing things about their character. Yeah. I think the more genuine you are, the more human you are, the more relatable you are. I mean, I, I'm surrounded with great people and, and to say the truth about it. It's not because I'm smart or have so many, it, it, I think a lot of this because people are attracted to uh, being genuine. They're attracted right. to somebody. I think that they know came from nothing and they fought through, right? A lot of difficult days, cold days, hot days, long nights. That's right. And then the process of that, you're being made as a person. And as you're being made as a person, it makes you more understanding, sympathetic, compassionate, relatable, all of the things that you really need for people to not only be attracted to you, right? Because there's people who have a certain persona and people are attracted to them, but then when they get close to them, they realize there's things that really begin to turn them off. That's right. And so guys, I see guys that can sometimes attract people. They got a good charisma, you know, they're kind of right. exciting or whatever. Or they really can give a really good spiel out there that give people some hope. If I hook up with this guy or this lady and we can really go somewhere, but then they begin to question the sustainability, the long-term right. vision. And as a matter of fact, is there goals to really help me and grow us? Or is it just all about them? That's right. So I think the process of difficulty and challenge kind of takes some of that out of us and makes us kind of humble. And, and really, honestly, my success story is. I got two things going for me, the people around me and the fact that I didn't quit. And that's just really, that's about it. And I'm trying to be as genuine as I can, because anybody that listens to this needs to kind of take a little courage. Of, I had a lot of days, a lot of days where I thought I'm trying to do it right. And I'm trying to do it all the right way and do it all honest, all above board. Right. And it just felt like I wasn't getting anywhere, but I think God saw fit that at a time where my character become established enough that God could put people with me, the people that God began to put with me, including my own sons is really what helped us broaden and grow. And I really yep. think buy-in is, is that I lived on nothing. I tell people part of my story is I lived on nothing for so long that when I actually had the ability to live on more than nothing, I didn't really need to live on more than nothing. Nor did you want it probably. I didn't really, it didn't really matter. It really became yeah. about a higher purpose, which I'm sure we'll talk more about in a few minutes, but yeah, it's about people. So if you really want to grow a business and as an entrepreneur and you want something that outgrows you, yeah. first of all, it, you've got to grow. And if you grow, then there's potential for a lot of growth to happen. Yeah. I mean, Roy, you, <laughs> I hope the listeners paying close attention and, and taking notes. And if they're, and if you're listening right now and you're not, you need to go back and listen to the last 10 minutes again, Roy, if we end the podcast right now, brother, you've given them so much value to be able to walk away with. And so I want to know along the way, a couple of uh, maybe good and bad decisions here. And you've hinted at already a couple of principles that just are so profound that we could probably spend an entire podcast on multiple of these principles that you've already listed. But some of them are obviously an individual growing, like the business is never going to outgrow you. Or if it does, you even gave us that answer too. I've been I've been in organizations where the business outgrew the individual. And as soon as you get close enough to that individual, you realize it's selfish ambition. And you're like, mm -mm, I don't want anything to do with this. And I think more and more people, including our, our clients, 
are becoming more knowledgeable or maybe just more in tune with this genuine or authentic authentic perspective that that you're talking about giving. And so I want to encourage the listener in that. You also talked about building a team and and obviously building people. And so inside of this good decision, how would you narrow one thing down? Like what, what was the one decision that you made that you can look back on and go, and that I would do this thing over and over and over again. What is that? Well, to, to, to touch on something just prior to that, that you just said that I'd like to comment for the, for the purpose yeah. of the listeners is think the reason people are kind of, as you say, kind of being more and more attractive, more aware of, of genuine uh, is because corporate America has really failed people in its greed. Yeah. yeah I've got a, a friend of mine that manages a, a, a I'm not going to name the particulars, but they do multiply millions and millions of dollars a year. And he's always struggling to manage a group of people because they pay them the least they can pay them to get the job done while the right. goal is to keep corporate profits high. Right. And we are in this to make money, right? Because you need yeah. money to grow and to make money. But at the same time, the, the connection of people's laws and other people's dreams and yeah. for goodness sakes, just to give them a real livable wage. And then we create this top-down pressure. And we have managers overworking themselves to try to make up gaps because we have high turnover rates. The attrition rates are through the roof. Right. And so I think people are just, you know, I've had people say, I work for less if I like who I work for. Yeah. And that's certainly been the case for me. And I want people to make the most they can make. That's the goal, right? Yeah. And you want to help them get to where they want to get to. I don't even like to talk about ceilings. I like to think that, hey, if you buy in and we're together, that there is no ceiling. Yeah. And give everybody room to dream and to grow. But you have to be able to build something. There's times that I couldn't compete. There's a company that already had 500 employees and they're big and, you know, somebody, and I just couldn't compete at that. Time. But there's those who, who actually came from a company or two that probably had a higher ceiling at the time, but they realized there was a vision mm -hmm. and they, they came on and said, you know what? Yeah, it's less now, but we like our environment. We like what we're building. We like who we're partnered with and we right. see the vision and you can really unfold and develop some, as far as a particular decision particular that I made. I can't really name one particular decision other than keeping God first. And, uh, and I think just not quitting. There were so many times, right. You can make all kinds of good decisions, but if you quit, all those good decisions are over. Yeah. You know, I think the thing was, is the times that I just wanted to quit. I mean, I've set out at, at, you know, one or two o'clock in the morning. I had a deadline. I had something I had to do. Something went wrong. I've got nobody to help me. I don't even know what I'm doing. I'm having to learn how to fix something. It's freezing cold. My hands and knuckles are, and I'm just, I mean, there's times a grown man cries and I just want to quit, you know, yep. but I think again, what lends to my success was just, I just didn't quit. Yeah. And I've never made the customer pay for my inadequacies or my lack of knowledge. You know, I see guys that go out, they try to prize something because they're not efficient. They're not well-versed in what they're doing. They just want to make a big buck. And so they try to drain a, the customer. And, you know, if I messed up, I considered it, I'm learning through this. I'm going to be better next time, be more efficient. But the customer doesn't deserve to be penalized for my lack of knowledge or understanding. So That's right. I think my biggest decision that I made honestly, truly was to, to follow God in my faith and those family values. And that become the moral compass that really transcended all of my, permeated my whole atmosphere in yeah. business, myself and all the people around me in my environment. And other than that, it was just learning along the way and not quitting. Yeah. I mean, if the listener is, is any sort of in tune with what you're saying, you just dropped like six great decisions on us. <laughs> 
So I appreciate you saying you don't have any, but man, you just gave us literally like six of them, which is fantastic. And so not only to, you know, keeping God first, keeping your faith first, which I love how you, you, you present, you presented that as like a pinnacle and then how that drips down into who you are, moral compass, yeah. core values. You can, you can say it a lot of different ways, but in essence, you see people in a specific way because you've got a certain appreciation or maybe even a gratefulness for what's been done for you in your faith. So because right. of that, you then project a certain experience, a certain leadership, like all these things. You said hiring people, you know, even though even though it was the most you could pay, it was probably less than than maybe a competitor, but they still wanted to do it because they wanted to be with you. That's vision. That's yeah. that's an environment that you were creating that they wanted and 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 that was exciting to them. And yeah. then you talked about your customer and and the experience of keeping them from this like up and down and so many contractors out there that just have no clue of customer experience and they take their their client on this up and down. And this is why you have homeowners all across the country, contractors. And yeah. it's guys like you and me that are out there right now, literally creating an experience because you see them as a person. And it's yeah. like, okay, well, my basis is that you're a human. My second basis is that God loves you the way he loves me. And so, okay, well, I need to treat, I need to treat you and the situation uniquely and 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 with with like as a good steward, you know I want yeah. I want to hold this opportunity well. I want to do it with excellence. And yeah. so, man, you gave us a lot actually in that. Few you minutes. know, I I think that you know we're all attracted to a story, right? I mean, you do this podcast and you hear people and, and some guests. Just, his story is incredible. You just get all wrapped up in it. Yeah. And I always love to hear a good story. You know, anybody's been in marketing and things knows who Jim Rohn is. I just love the farm board from Idaho. And, That's right. and of course, all the Robert Kiyosaki and all the notable names of people that have been in marketing and, and financial yeah. advisors and Dave Ramsey and all. And then the, there's other people out there and the stories are attractive. But my story, I just say it this way for whatever it is, it, I don't have a story without faith because, you know, at 19 years old, I, I contemplated suicide. And I just, I had all these certain ambitions of playing ball and, you know, my small town mind, I wanted to do this and that. And I got actually real close to achieving them. And then I made a couple of decisions that, that really just wrecked things for me. And they sent me on a downward spiral and I got into a lot of things that I, I wouldn't go into in detail, but it certainly brought me to a point of desperation. And in that desperation, I, I literally just said, I mean, I literally had a moment where I just said, God, if you're real. You got one chance and if you can fix this mess or, or help me or whatever. And it was an absolute moment of surrender. And, and it just went from there. I just didn't look back. I just said, yeah. God first, no matter what, there was times that I gave up jobs. There was times that I gave up opportunities for certain things yeah. because it meant I would have to compromise my Sundays with my family. And there were certainly times I had to make a few, you know, I had to oblige in, sure. in certain situation, but I didn't, it, it never was a long-term thing. You know, yeah. I might've missed a Sunday or something in the extreme case, but I was just that radical. And yeah. uh, so there's no story, you know, without faith, without my faith, there is no story. And it's what's guided me. And, and honestly, as I grew in that faith, he was talking about, you know, what books have you read or whatever, the Bible, I mean, man, what better book can you read? If you want to know how to treat people and, and how to be a good steward and, and, and be yeah. faithful and, and be persistent and and when you're dealing with people relationally, long-suffering and understanding, there's been times I've pulled a boy aside and said, look, I'm not your boss right now. I'm your friend. Yeah. And what can I do to help you? What are you going yeah. What's going on in your life? Is it a financial thing? Are you, your wife, husband, family, you're okay. And just to let them know that you're there to meet their need. 
because yeah. you know money. Hey, you can you get you can get it and you can lose it. That's right. You can achieve a business, get sued, loophole in your it's insurance, wipe you out. But what you what you have forever is is people and time. And the two most expensive things that you have is time and people. Yeah. And I think if you learn how to prioritize those two things, everything else kind of will fall into place in its time. How do you talk to a young entrepreneur? And I don't mean young necessarily in age, but I mean young in tenure. Because at the beginning of any business, no matter our age, you know, we've got these big hopes and dreams and we want it to all happen right now, right? And basically what you just said is that actually what's the most important are time and people. And we even talk about this in Gathering the Kings. We talk about leveraging time, leveraging resources and key relationships. Those are the key or the three points. But for the young entrepreneur, young in tenure, it's so difficult to focus on your time and people because there's just so many tasks and actions that you have to take to get a business up and going. And then on top of that, we want it now rather than later. And so it's not until normally later that we realize, oh man, what's really important are people, clients, my team, my family, and yep. then also my time. And so what would you say to that young tenured entrepreneur right now listening who hasn't quite gotten to that? They, they hear it. It sounds nice. But, you know, what would you say to that person? Find some good mentors. Listen. You know, there's a lot of things that we don't have to learn everything the hard way, but typically we have to learn enough the hard way until we start listening and find out. It's kind of like when you're growing up, you're a kid, right? And, you know, your parents don't know anything and you get to a certain age and you, you know, I don't, I don't need them anymore. Right. And then hey, you start facing life and it's reality as opposed to what you fantasize it would be, right? Because it's right. the same way with marriage or anything. You envision the end result and you have no idea of the process. You have no, there's no relatability. Your parents or somebody around you in your life knows a little bit about life and about living. And to be successful, there's other things that are really important. I, I would say find somebody to listen to that has a heart of a teacher that would, that would pour into you. And there's an old saying, you know, the cliche term, getting the cart before the horse. In marketing, you know, just, you know, this, there's a big question of why. What is your why? Right. And I think a person, a young person needs to be introspective. It helps them be Right. aware of who they really are and where they really are and have that introspection and understand what you're missing, understand what you're lacking. And if you don't know what that is entirely, uh, just ask somebody around you that'll be honest with you yeah. and just say, here's some things, because if you can get some awareness about what it is that you're lacking and what it is that you're missing, maybe you're going at something too hard and, uh, right. you're excluding your family, right? You're That's on right. the chase and you're not, you don't have that inner balance yet. You don't have those priorities right yet. Yeah. What good is it if you're going to gain a dollar and lose the things that are most important around you and you got to lose that selfishness. Typically when we're younger, it's just by nature, we're much more yeah. selfish because we don't have the awareness to really know where we're selfish entirely. That's right. So find somebody, listen to the mentor, somebody in business and, you yeah. know, and surround yourself. The Bible, it says there is, there is uh, a multitude of counsel. There's wisdom and knowledge. More than one person. Find somebody in your age. I had a wise man tell me one time, you need three types of relationships in your life. You need the people that you're born into. You need the people that you're sharing with. They may be kind of similar in your age group, similar in marriage experience. Maybe they have a young family. And then you need those who can pour into you. Yeah. So you pour into somebody, have a group that you share with, and have somebody, and maybe more than one, who can actually guide you. Yeah. What is the people that you can look at and respect? Okay. Right. I'm, I'm respecting because they're a successful businessman. Yeah. Well, there's some people that are successful businessmen, but they got it in the old means. 
All right. So can you respect their character? Can you respect how they balance their life? Can you respect their integrity? So maybe you have an aim because somebody flashed and dashed and, you know, gave you the get rich quick and that's your, well, find you somebody else that you can look up to. It's kind of got a life a little bit more and it, and it's more wholesome, a bigger right. picture, 30,000 foot view That's right. and kind of emulate those people, ask those people the questions and, and hush and listen, you know, it's one of the things we do when we're young is we just talk too much, but you know, listen, be a good listener yeah. and yeah. absorb, take the time to invest in your, because sometimes less is more, yeah. you know, we're out there in the chase, slow down a little bit, listen right. a little closer, take a little time, educate yourself a little bit. That'd be some of my advice to a young entrepreneur, I think. I love that. You gave such clear direction there. And, and I love it how it lines up even with what we're doing with Gathering the Kings, you know, a, a peer-to-peer seven and eight-figure group where it's like, okay, you're successful. I'm successful. It's this like idea of a literal group of kings coming together. You take off your crown, I take off mine. We've, you know, separately successful and leaders in our own right, in the family, in the business, in the, in the whatever. Yeah. We're going to put that aside for a second so we can, we can do this and, yeah. and gain value and add value to each other. And so I think, I think that would ask a young person is tell me what success is. Yeah. You know, I do mentor young men. I, I you know, and, and I do give some advice and I've worked in the political realm and I've advised campaigns and so I've got a kind of a well-versed in dealing with people. And, uh, you know, I ask questions because we go through life just kind of assuming we know because of how we feel about something, right. but we don't really know. And I have some people sometimes that'll say something to me and I say, why is that? And they're stumbled by that. I think it was Edmund Burke that said, if you don't know how to explain what you're doing in a process, you don't know what you're doing. Sometimes the, the, the question kind of makes us revisit or refine. You know, when I'm talking about people, especially I get young men that coming off of drugs, you know, their, their minds are always going a thousand different directions, but they're never getting anything done. And so they're kind of wasting away in the busyness of, of nothingness. And uh, tell them not only get where you slow down and read, but write your thoughts because there's a different way that you have to refine your thoughts. You can read something, absorb it and just keep going. But when you have to write it, it makes you refine it and it develops something in you. It develops something in your mind. It's just like training your mind when you get to your limit and you go another step, you're actually training your mind. I can mentally go past what my limits are. And. We need things that test our limitations. So I, I just think that a young person needs to be asked the question, well, before we get started in helping you get to where you want to go, what is success to you? Yeah. And when you can sometimes help recalibrate them in terms of what success really is so right. that when they achieve, because, you know, you know, we talk about money and we talk about achieving certain goals or whatever, for what purpose, right? right? And, and then, and then when you get it, what is it going to do to you? Because if you're right. an ego driven person. You're just going to be more egotistical. You're going to become less attractive. Your pride's going to stink. But if you, if you take a person who's humble and who's learned some things and people is their priority and, and time is precious to them, their family is important to them, helping others is important to them, then it's just going to be a means to do more. Yeah. And certainly that's true in my life. And I, I'd like to think I'm not selfish, but there's selfish aspects that we have to continue to discover about ourselves. But right. I would tell every, I would ask the question to every young person and a young entrepreneur, you may be 40 and, and just now getting on this journey. And you may certainly more, know more about life than a 20 year old would know. Sure. But yeah. at the same time, this is a new venture and you got to keep That's things right. straight. You're going to learn things along the way. 
but what are you aiming for and what does success mean to you? And sometimes we need to define some of those things so that we can really be successful in the long run. Yeah, I love I love all of that. Knowing what you want and what you're going after and sometimes even having someone help you recalibrate is huge. And so I think yeah. that that needs to be written down as a major note for the listener. Also, too, tying your previous point in with this and when you can get around other people who think like you in that way, in that wholesome way, and they can keep you aligned because the more successful you become, the more temptation, for the lack of better terms, that you get to yeah. go towards the things that maybe aren't in alignment with what it is that you originally set out. So I could easily say legacy is my thing and I want to take care of my kids and my grandkids and my family and I want to have impact on people. But, you know, OK, so I made an extra three hundred thousand dollars this year. It, I could go buy a Lamborghini. Right. It's like, but. But the guys, the guys in Gathering the Kings, the guys that I'm putting myself around that are also doing seven and eight figures, they're not interested in Lamborghini. They're interested in maybe some some real estate or another yeah. business so yeah. that they their family and their grandkids are well taken care of. And so it's like I want I need to further my decisions, further solidify my decisions by putting myself, you know, a, a listening to a podcast like this with guys like you. It's like it didn't have to be in a in a paid situation. It can be in a free situation right here, listening to this show. But it's like you have got to re-solidify those things that you say that you want over and over and over again, exactly what Roy's saying here. So, Roy, I, I got to know, what was a bad choice that you made? Looking back, what was something that you did that we can stay clear of? Well, there's certainly, a, I think, a, a number, when you really start to think about them, you can could, you could think about a number of specific, small decisions. Sure, yeah. I think the biggest one is wasting time. Mm -hmm. you know, and that's a decision, right, is how you use your time. And when you're younger, especially, right, because you're, you've got your whole world in front of you, you know, when you're 20, it's like, you're just getting started in life. And then you go 20 more years and you're like, wait a minute, if I live to be 80, I'm halfway that, you know, and how that's fast right. did that go? And everybody on here that knows it's over 40 years old knows exactly what I'm talking about. You start thinking about time <clears throat> in that perspective and you start realizing, well, wait a minute, I'm 40, I'm 45, I'm 50. Um. Yeah, hopefully I've got 20 years, 30 years, 40 years right. maybe, but how much of that is strength? How much of that is good health? How much of that is good mind? And obviously we're not promised tomorrow, <clears throat> it, yeah. you know, death knows no age, but at the same time, I think it's looking back and realizing what I know now that I see guys that I'm bored. How can you be bored? You know what I mean? <laughs> Right. I mean, if you've got any purpose at all, I mean, I, I raised my sons when I realized that there were some things I was missing from my childhood and, and I was yeah. starting to miss them when I was younger. As I learned them, I tried to make them important to my, to my children and especially my boys. I've got four boys and two girls and, and, they, and they all do really, really well, but I put books in their hands. I let them be kids. I coached them in basketball, coached them in softball. You know, we played some video games. But I teach them to balance what to focus on and what was really important and have some fun. In teaching my kids the finances, there was just three simple things. You know, the old kids, the simple stupid. My kids in finances, I kept it simple. I said, save some, give some, spend some. It's really easy to understand. As they get a little older, you can hone in where you need to save a good, spend a little bit and, and give generously. Yeah. And those are principal things. And when you get them established, you know, it's, it becomes a foundational part of their, their life and their success yeah. and to keep them humble. So I think my biggest regret is the time that I realized that I wasted mm -hmm. when now that I realize how expensive time is and what all you can do with your time and how much you can get done. I think everybody's kind of laid around 
right? You spent a day sleeping in and sometimes that's needed and you just couldn't get going. Next thing you know, lost half a day. You get up at four o'clock in the morning, you hit the ground running and I'm by 10 a.m. You can get done more than what a lot of people get done all day long. Oh yeah. And it should tell you something about the developmental aspect of your life too, is when you get up and get going and you don't just waste your time and meaningless, frivolous things, what can you learn? Did some kind of a metric one time on uh, listening that there's so much information out there. You can drive to and from work in an hour and within so many days or weeks or, or months, you can earn a PhD in knowledge, right? Just by what's available to listen to. Oh yeah. So for hearing anybody say I'm bored, it's just someone who's just absolutely, eye, their eyes need to be opened and they need to have yeah. focus and they need to have a sense of purpose. And sometimes it's people like us that travel along the road of life to say, you know what? There's so many things that you can do. Yeah. Tell my boys, look, do it now. Do it while you're young. Get all that you can. You know, they're electricians. They read philosophy. They do all kinds of things. And to just pour it in because you're going to get married. You're going to have kids. Life's going to challenge you and your time's going to be fragmented. I think my biggest bad decision was the time that I was wasting on things that just weren't really yeah. that important. Yeah, it's so good. And you're right. It really is probably the overall arching, you know, bad decision, probably for all of us. We just don't know it in the moment. And so it's tough to know in the moment. You've given us some practicals here of just get up and get going. You know, it's funny. I, I, I keep my calendar pretty tight, but I don't share it a whole bunch. And uh, the times that I have, not knowingly of like, hey, look at this, but like, you know, I share my screen with something and I'm popping and I'm, you know, and <laughs> I've had the, wait a second, go back. Yeah. Is that every day? I'm like, what are you talking about? You know, and so it's just like, so not only am I cramming it in, getting up early, getting after it, like you talked about, but it's, it's got to be listed on the calendar. So you can literally just go back week after week after week and see what I've done. So it's not really, I loved how you, you gave the depiction of, it's not like the task. It's, it's this principle of just getting after it and not wasting time. And sometimes yeah. the time is spent reading. Sometimes it's, you know, maybe it's with family. Sometimes it's on a business. Sometimes it's with a relationship. Like there's lots of different ways. Sometimes it's in ministry, lots of different ways to yeah. spend the time. But what I got from all of that is if you value the time, then you can be intentional with the time. That's right. And then therefore you'll typically get after it a little bit more because you, you value it and you're intentional with it. Would you agree? Uh, yeah. Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. I mean, the rest is, is doing something. Oh, uh, yeah. Rest is yeah, needed. That's a choice. These guys go out here and just work crazy. There's, there's times and right. moments that you have to do what you have to do. But one of the things I could advise any person is get the structure of rest within your life. Because right. I've burned the candle at both ends. There was one particular season in my life where I was helping a young man fight a court case. He was wrongfully convicted. And some information came to me after spending a number of years in prison. He was sentenced to 56 years in prison. It's a national wow. case. And I got involved to, to help solve the case. And at the same time, I'm coaching basketball. At the same time, I'm coaching softball. I'm working in ministry. I'm doing mission work. I'm actually managing a couple of political campaigns. And there was a, a night that I laid down and my wife literally said, and I'm talking, I'm in my late thirties, early 40. And she's like, I don't want to lose you. Mm. And because it just became so, took so much, but I mm. felt like there was some degree of purpose in everything I was doing at that time. And I uh, went through a, a season where I almost went bankrupt. I had a, a series of issues that happened in about a three month period that almost sucked me in business because I hadn't got to that place of business where I could absorb it's, much of a hit. And yeah. when I got one, it, it, it just about sunk me. And then I found out my mother had cancer and spent 10 months of, of through that. And 11 months later, my father died 
There was a season, and I, I would just tell people, you have to learn how to build these things into your life that you don't think you need. Yeah, because there'll come seasons in your life. And if you're going to be successful in the long term, you don't know what you don't know. You don't know what tomorrow, you don't know what next year is going to be like. You don't know what's going to happen in your life. And if you just run crazy just to achieve an object, you're actually losing. You've got to build some things. Again, the balance within, you've got to be able to rest and you don't know what life's going to throw at you. And if you crash and burn, then you're going to have to start all over from the ruins of things. And right. certainly that happens sometimes. I think I've avoided so far a major crash and burn, but I've had small ones that got my attention where I just felt like right. I was uh, gassed or, you know, it just got to a point where I just about, about just almost threw in the towel kind of thing. But yeah, I, yeah, I think a rest is something that needs to be emphasized. It, it's part of the balance of life that we need, because if I rest, I can get up with a more clear mind. I can plan a little better. I end up less frustrated. So. That's That'd be right. another piece of advice I'd give. Yeah, it's funny how you you bring that up because it's on the tail of getting after it. And there's a lot of times that people, it's really tough for them to understand this, this dichotomy of getting after it and resting. And it's not necessarily in the same moment, but it is in the same brain and it's two different pieces. And, and so for me, a great resource, I'll just throw it out there. It was the Ruthless Elimination of Hurry, written by a pastor. And he basically breaks down this idea of rest and of course the Sabbath. But for guys like me, and it sounds like you too, like I can go 18, 18 hours a day, every day, all day. Like that is just in me. Like that, I am a machine. There is a lot of juice in the machine and I can just go and go and go. Whether it's work, whether it's travel, whether it's family, I can just go. Yeah. And so I have to choose to rest. And so just like, I mean, one of my companies, Edible Arrangements, uh, Valentine's Day is the busiest day of the year. The day after is always a cleanup day. And so what I've learned now, 11 years in, is that, not the day after, but the day after the after <laughs> is a rest day. And, yeah. and this year I'm 11 years in, this is my 11th Valentine's day. I've got systems. I've got pro like, it's all pretty smooth, still a lot yeah. of work, but it's all pretty smooth. And so that day I didn't really need it, but I literally forced myself. I said, no, no, no. Today's rest day. Like, yeah, you did the work. You went to a look, you did it. Yeah. Rest knowing that I was going to be up, you know, 18 hours every day after that. And it's okay, but there has to be, there has to be both. So thank you for giving that to us. We're going to transition here to our speed round. We're going to go fast and, and get some, get some solid, hard hitting answers from you. I want to know inside of the business, practically, what would you track? If you could only pick one thing to track forever and ever, what would it be? Oh, that's a, that's a good question. <laughs> You know, I'm not, I'm not really sure. I didn't, I didn't give a lot of thought to that in particular. You know, what's the first thing that comes to your mind? Well, you know, time management, I'm always about being more efficient Yeah. and yeah. trying to track where we are on things and can we do it better? Can we do it more efficient? You mentioned systems. Yeah. I'm really big on trying to achieve systems in certain things right. because it streamlines things. It organizes things. It, we That's can right. do more with less. Yeah. It's leverage. So I, I think ways to track. Time, I think, is probably one of the biggest things I think. Which ties into a lot of what you've mentioned here today. That that's really important to you. Obviously, time. If time becomes valuable to you, in a in a really serious way, then you look at ways to not only be efficient but to create repeatable process systems, SOPs, even team members. Like, there's just a lot of things that can go under that category of of becoming more efficient or creating yeah. time, leveraging time. Yeah. Okay. What about a resource? You've you've mentioned kind of a handful of things throughout the show here, but 
what would be a resource that you would suggest a business owner reading, listening to grow their business? Well, there's, there's so much information out there, you know, these podcasts like yours. I mean, there's so much information you can glean. I mean, YouTube, there's certain types right. of books. We already spoke about some of the people you could get into for financial investment. Anything, any particular thing that you really want to learn about self-help, self-development, just find somebody that you're attracted listening to that have some degree of success and who has a platform, a stage, a way to communicate. Right. And just listen to it. There's, there's several books. I, I've read a few books, books, business books and things like that. Nothing specific per se comes to mind, but again, I wouldn't read a lot of books and I wouldn't listen to a lot of stuff without incorporating the Bible. Yeah. Person needs to read the Bible. It's just really good. I don't care if you don't say I'm not a man of faith. It doesn't matter. Read the Bible anyway, because there's historical accounts of real people who face real difficulties and challenges. And there's a certain quality, I think, that we can gather of information from real stories, real people, historical figures. Go back in ancient times and realize, hey, people were dealing with the same things that we deal with today. Because to be successful, again, it's not just about achieving an objective in a business, a chase for a particular thing, money, but it is about the success as a person. And to do that, gather your information far and wide, you know, just glean. Find some things that hone in in a specific area and listen to it. I think every guy out here in construction anyway, and I know there's people in your podcast that have many different diverse backgrounds, but in construction, and you may be getting ready for some kind of a speaking engagement and you go home that night before, you know, and you got yourself together, you thought about it, and then you get some last minute rundowns. You're going to spend two hours on YouTube, right? Get some extra kits to prepare you for something. And so, you know. Customer says, Hey, I need you to do this. And he's like, okay, you go home and you crank up YouTube, right? And you find right. four or five different guys that are showing you how to install Schluter board or something. Right. Right. Yeah. Just find resources. They're out there, a million resources and just listen, Good. write your thoughts, read, find somebody, you on a podcast that's educational, download them. I mean, you can build your own YouTube playlist. Right. Cut out the noise, find things that are going to pour into you. They're going to add value to your knowledge. Yeah. I love that. Good stuff. Okay. I got a question for you about family. You've mentioned family, the word balance a little bit. I'm, I'm not a big fan of the word balance, but I liked how you used it. I'm a, I'm a fan of the word obsession, right? I, I want to be obsessed with my wife, with my marriage, with my kids, like I am with my business. Give us some, give us some practicals along the way here as you've got, you know, many years of success, not only in business, but also with the family. The guy listening right now, what can he do to keep the obsession burning in, in all areas? Well, you, you know, what, what really works well is what we invest in, right? And so we, good. We, Say it again. What, what we invest in is what works well. That's right. You can't lose the investment. You know, you've got to think about so many times we get on a chase of something and then we just drag other things along with it. That's so it good. It creates a frustration. And there has to be understanding. There has to be flexibility in relationships because there are times if you're a wife and you have a husband and, and he's a uh, entrepreneurial minded, he's a, he's a dreamer, he's a go-getter, he's an achiever, you know, don't go against that because that, that, that could be your future. But at the same time, he's going to learn some things along the way that are really important and you've got to be yeah. supportive. There's times he can't be home. He's going to pull an 18 hour day, like you talked about. Uh, but again, for him, he's got to develop uh, the awareness to say, you can't have 18 hours a day every day. Right. Because if you don't have any time to invest in the things that are in or more important to you, yeah. when you're 68 years old and you're half crippled, you're probably not going to be doing that next job, but right. hopefully you have your family with you and your yeah. kids are coming to see you and your grandchildren are coming to see you. That's right. So you have to invest. So I, I would say, yeah, 
the things that work well is what you invest in. So you can't just let some things go by default. Don't live in default. You have to live with some intentionality in every area that's important to you in your life. Yeah, that makes me think of the old, you know, I, I laugh every time I hear it, but it's it's sad and and true for a lot of marriages, unfortunately, where it's like, you know, I told you that I loved you when I married you and I'll let you know if it changes. And it's like, <laughs> you know, as funny as that is, and as a lot of guys, we kind of, we ride that line a lot. And it's like, well, wait a second. No, there's actual work that has to be done. Investment, as you call it, which, you know, that can be time investment. That can be money investment. It's a big reason right before the show, I was telling you about our, our family mastermind cruise that we're doing. And, you know, it's a big reason why I want to give people a platform or a curated environment to say, you know what? I, yeah, I value business and I want to be around some other high performers and talk business. But you know what? I also, as much, I'm going to invest time and money yeah. into my marriage and my family. And we're going to do it all together. And I just think that sometimes as entrepreneurs, there's just a lack of like, where can I invest? And so I just love how how you've given us that language because you can invest in different ways with different resources. And yeah. um, we, we, we talk with our resources. Let's just say that time and money. Anything that we get involved with that requires a lot of moving parts, fast decisions, kind of overwhelming at first. That's right. You, know, you go from a single guy, you do what you want to, you work, you get up when you want to go hang out, just do what you want. Get married. It's a little different. You start having children. It's even more different. And I would tell every person, man or woman out there, um, it's not just about taking your kids to their ball game. You know, you say, well, I give them time, you know, yeah, you ran in last minute, you ran to the ball game, you sentence is over, you're back doing something else. They got to have your sit down time. They've got to connect. And so if you're not establishing connection, you could do tasks you could do, you have experiences, but if you're not connecting, then right. the relationship's not really being built on a firm foundation. Yeah. But yeah, I think that when you, like when you're in sports, you're growing up and you get involved with a football team or basketball, everything's just so fast to you. You know, you, you went through practice, but then you're on the field and everything. And after you get more experience, it starts slowing down. And I think that's what happens is you give yourself time to grow. You get overexcited, you get overcommitted, overextended. Everything's moving at such a fast pace. You get frustrated. You're like, I can't do it all. You know, I can't be the perfect, <laughs> can't be the perfect father. You know, I'm, I've got to do this. This is the man. But after you kind of walk through it a little while, just try not to lose too much while you're learning. That's the yeah. focus. But yeah. Uh, yeah, you're going to evolve in growth and, and it's going to slow down a bit for you. And people say, I don't know how you handle all the stuff you do. How do you make time to do all this stuff? You just have to grow into it, you know? Yeah. And part of that is refining of what's important. You know, hey, I had a, a two hour conversation with that guy and I could have been 30 minutes and been done and it would have been good and fulfilling. Nobody feels like we're shortchanged. Right. You're just going to learn and you're going to yeah. grow and you're going to refine. And, and so doing balance within is going to begin yeah. to develop and you're going to juggle things without a lot better. That's right. It's good stuff. Okay. Last question here for you, Roy. I want to know if you had a chance to whisper in the younger Roy's ear, what would you say? Well, there's a lot of things I could say. I would say, <laughs> sit down. I want to talk to you for a few days. <laughs> um, yeah. I, I think it's, I drive the selfless home point even more, you know, yeah. I would, I would give the advice that I have now, obviously we, we, we say the, the term, if I knew then what I know now, um, don't know if there's any one particular thing, you know, I, I, I didn't give up and that's why I'm here. And that would be one thing I said, don't give up. Yeah. You know, I'd reiterate that because right I, now I know that, but then it's just a step-by-step -step decision day by day. Yep. I would say, don't give up and it's worth it. Don't lose your family. Don't, don't lose the things that are most important. Stay focused. Yeah. Right. All those kind of things. Be intentional, you know, just a good advice you would give. 
and to uh, help somebody that's starting out. Yeah, it's good stuff, right? You've been absolutely incredible. How can the listener find you? So whether they're in your area and they need a commercial or residential GC, or if they're a resident or if they're a business owner and they want to reach out to you because you've just filled their their nuggets bucket with wisdom, how can they find you? Well, they can they can email me if I'm like, put my email on here. Yeah, uh, perfect. Certainly. And my company is Allied Contractors LLC based in Manchester, Tennessee. Uh, you can call my office. You can email me direct at Roy at alliedcontractors.com. Just reference this podcast. One of the things I do is take time with people. I'll take time with them, give them any advice that I can. Yeah. Life in general, business in general. And I may not have all the answers, but I certainly share my experience of things that I've learned right. from the good and bad choices that I've made. And so, yeah, those, those are two main things they can, they can get, get me. Good stuff. Well, we'll put all those in the show notes as well. So that way they can easily access you. And if they want to, if they want to make those moments real for themselves and, and take it a little further. So Roy, upon you, your family, your business, your team, thank you for being here. You've given so much, such a big heart and a lot of stories to be able to retell over and over and over again here on the show. So Thank you again for being here, brother. Yes, we appreciate it. I, I'm thoroughly honored to be here and enjoyed every minute of it. And maybe I can be a part of one of your Gathering of the Kings events. Sometime yeah. Sounds good, brother. Thank you for listening to Gathering the Kings today. I hope that you were able to pull out a few nuggets to go apply into your business right away. More importantly, though, I hope that you're realizing that it takes more to be successful than just being by yourself, doing it all on your own, carrying the weight all by yourself. What I have realized, not only in my own journey from multiple businesses and multiple different industries, and now interviewing literally over two or 300 other very successful seven, eight, and nine-figure business owners, is that it's tough to do it alone. And so Gathering the Kings literally exists to bring together successful entrepreneurs. In fact, we are putting together 1,000 kings, specifically who are grateful but not done. We're intentionally assembling kings who fight tooth and nail for their business, family, and communities. And here's what we believe, that in the pursuit of excellence in those areas, that it ignites within us the responsibility to govern power and forge a lasting legacy. So if that relates and, and resonates with you, and you know that you need people around you, sharp, qualified, other very successful business owners, I want you to go to gatheringthekings.com. I want you to take a look at what we're doing and see if it makes sense for you to be part of our pursuit to 1,000 Kings. Talk soon.